0: Are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network? Hello, and welcome to a March 5th, Monday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host. Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a Monday night. The Blazers and the Lakers just finished up, and the Blazers, who were rolling, heading into this game, keep it going thanks to some more Damian Lillard magic. Uh, I don't know what it is about him, and the second half of the season, March, April, he just decides to turn it on uh, at this time of year, and this is, uh, he's been doing this since his rookie year. I I remember uh, when I was working for Blazers.com, or for Trailblazers.com, I wrote about how Dame was really kicking it into gear to win the rookie of the year from Anthony Davis, Because of how good of a March he was having. And how good of a spring he was having. And that is continuing here in year six. With Anthony Davis' Pelicans right behind him. And the Blazers were down double digits in the fourth quarter. They couldn't get any buckets. They couldn't do anything on the offensive end. Yet Damian Lillard willed them to a victory tonight. As the Blazers beat... The Los Angeles Lakers tonight, 108-103 in LA to extend their win streak to six games and to keep their 15-game win streak alive against the Los Angeles Lakers. Dame, as I mentioned, was the guy. 39 points in this one, six assists, five rebounds. 19 of those points come in the fourth quarter. Four three-pointers, a bunch of step-backs. The Lakers lost him on one. I think Lonzo Ball just had a had a little bit of a lapse that sometimes you'll see from a young player that isn't quite locked in. And I thought it was funny that, that kind of the, the NBA circle of life was just kind of spinning tonight because it made me think of Dame against Kobe back in Dame's rookie year. And Lonzo showed some tonight, had a big three-pointer after one of Dame's, but that was the only answer he had in this game. And Dame and the Blazers took it over as i mentioned 19 in the fourth for damian lillard the blazers were down 10 minutes in the final or 10 points in the final 7 minutes excuse me and a lot like they've done all season long their defense got them through some really rough times some really tough stretches and then dame catches fire in the fourth quarter and suddenly they're able to make good on all those stops and there was one stretch in this game, I think it was in uh, the third quarter, late third quarter, and, and neither team could score. And it was looking like uh, you know, a Saturday morning pickup run where no one can make a shot and every team is running back and forth except the Blazers, they would keep on missing shots, keep on missing shots, but they kept running back, they kept playing hard on the defensive end, and they did not just give the Lakers easy buckets when things weren't going well for them and this is not new this is something the blazers have done all season long this is something that they've hung their hat on their offense has come and gone this season but their defense has been really solid a top 10 defense all year and actually 538 the espn stats site did a really good article on the blazers about i mean it had a really you know clickbaity headline are the blazers for real but ultimately it talked about the Blazers defense and that even when their defensive numbers actually slipped they weren't giving up different types of shots they were still giving up low value attempts still limiting three pointers limiting shots at the rim and they just had some fluky luck and I think tonight you see once again how defense can sustain you and and I think that that has been one of the biggest things if not the biggest thing for the Trailblazers this season and I think that if if people are watching this team, or at least if, if if you're listening to people talk about this team this season, and they don't talk about how good the defense has been, and they're talking about, oh, I don't know how Damon CJ can work, you know, they're too small, this and that. Well, I I would say, frankly, that they're not entirely paying attention to what's going on with this team, and I think it's really been quite the season for them defensively and it, it hasn't been smoke and mirrors this is for real they've been playing good job playing good defense forcing guys into tough mid-range shots contesting they've kicked butt on the glass this year they've done a really nice job rebounding the ball and if you're not big if you are not that long in terms of you know having you're not oklahoma city you're not the warriors but you've got to be able to force tough shots and then get those rebounds. And you cannot let other teams get second chances. And the Blazers, for the most part, have done that this season. In fact, they've done a really good job of getting second chances themselves. And I mentioned Dame's big game and a guy that I think is really, in a lot of ways, representative of Portland's season. CJ obviously had some 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 nice moments in the fourth quarter. He had 22 points. But... Nurkic, 16 points, 16 rebounds in 29 minutes. One night after, or one game basically after Zach Collins, you know, gets all the headlines, has a breakout performance. It's not that it wasn't true that he had that, but Nurk, as frustrating as he is, um, my buddy Chad was just—he texted me about it during the game in a group chat I have with some of my friends, and he said. I've been mad at Nurkic the whole game, and I think this really encapsulates Nurkic and also where the Blazers are, is he was mad at Nurkic the whole game, then he looks at the stat line, he has 16 and 16, and has changed a bunch of shots on the defensive end, has made a huge impact on that end all season long, that there have been countless times from the fall until now of Nurk making those big plays on the defensive end, making game-changing plays, and... He did that again tonight, and as frustrating as he can be sometimes, and as frustrating as this Blazers team can be sometimes, the proof is in the pudding, and this team has managed to win games, they've played good defense, and they've delivered at times when they've needed to. And now, as we look at the standings, the Blazers have a full game up on the New Orleans Pelicans. The Blazers are 38-26 now, third in the Western Conference, And they're a game up on New Orleans. And New Orleans is tied with San Antonio and Minnesota, with Oklahoma City right behind them. Portland has won seven straight games. The Pelicans have won eight straight games. Uh, So this Western Conference, it's it's not going to be easy. And I think that's why also you saw, as he has done for the last month, is you saw Dame Lillard with a sense of urgency, knowing the stakes, and this is something I'll, I'll never forget i i don't now i i know this is going to sound contradictory from what i just said but i'll never forget this game it was in the second half of the season i believe it was february or march and it was portland against sacramento and sacramento wasn't good this is the first year after lamarcus left and lillard told me a story about how he watched the, the the kings the night before and they had played a tough game went to overtime and he's on the group chat with gerald henderson and all these guys talking about we can outrun these guys we can do this and that and i think you know this isn't the same thing but i i think this is the type of stuff that dame does and he's done it throughout his career and he stays on guys he keeps guys engaged He's talking with them in a group chat about the next game, watching them on league pass and and thinking about ways to to break them down and dissect them. And I think tonight was a, was a different version of that. He, he saw what he had to do on the court and, and willed the Blazers to victory. But uh, that's because he knows the stakes. And I think that's why the Sacramento game came up in my mind is because in that moment, he knew the stakes. He knew that the Blazers could get a win. That this was a very winnable game one on the schedule that if they didn't win it they would be incredibly disappointed with themselves and i think one thing that dame has really been great at during his tenure especially as the leader of the team is he doesn't the blazers don't stumble that often in games that they really should take care of business and that i think is a testament to dame having the guys ready every night being engaged and also being aware of of the stakes the opponent, and, and and all of that stuff, and 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 Dame tonight really stepped up once again, and I think uh, I, I talked about this last week on the podcast, but I, you know I was wondering what it would take for Dame to get in the MVP conversation. I think I landed on if Portland finishes third or fourth, and he continues to play this well. You know, if Portland gets third, I mean, I don't know how you don't put him on your ballot as 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 an MVP. I think James Harden definitely deserving. I think LeBron James probably is going to get up there just with the offensive numbers that he's putting up. Uh, DeMar DeRozan I think you can consider. But other than that, I, I mean, I think you got to put Dame in there with Anthony Davis. And, and I think the Kyrie train has kind of cooled off a little bit. So uh, I, I really do think that Dame should be deserving of some votes for MVP this season, especially if Portland finishes third in the Western Conference with as tough as it is. So Dame with another big game, adding more to his resume. And again, Dame steps up in the defense, keeping them afloat when things are tough. And that has been the story of the season for the Trail Blazers team. Damian Lillard with a great season, but the defense. And I think Dame deserves a lot of credit for that because I think the onus has, has really been on him. I I, I didn't think that CJ was a bad defender. I thought he anticipated a lot better than Dame did. And I I just thought he was a little bit better on the defensive end. And and Dame, to me, was the guy that needed to pick it up. And I think that's also him. And that's another reason why he should get some MVP love. But that's going to do it for this segment. We're going to talk more about this game, but in a different way. We're going to talk about Nurkic, his big game tonight. We just talked about Zach Collins. What if the future could... Include both of them. going to talk about that in the next segment. If your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Lockdown Blazers is listened to by 98% men, 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want that demographic, this is your spot. Our rates are reasonable. So email me at LockdownBlazers at gmail.com to find out more. And we're going to be back in a second to talk about Nurk and Zach Collins. So, uh, the Blazers with a huge, huge win tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. And this time, it was a different big man that helped them win the game. Last night, or last game on Saturday, it was at Collins. And tonight, it was Yusuf Nurkic. And uh, the thing that popped into my head, I tweeted it during the game, was, you know, why, why not have both? I, I know that a lot of people have looked at Collins as... The future and a guy that i and i think that's the case too i mean i think he he has the best chance to you know be a, a great player of the guys on the team for the blazers right now especially the young guys but nurkic does provide utility especially in certain matchups that i think you still do need sometimes in the nba you still need a guy who can be a bruiser who can defend and i maybe he's I think it's I think it's part of kind of the evolution of basketball is that you it's way more specialized now and I think that Nurk is could be a specialist in his own right and I think that Collins can also be that way but maybe Collins is a better player but you you throw Nurk out there in certain matchups and uh, I, I don't I don't think that you have to choose one or the other especially with cap crunch coming here yeah, it, I mean, you look at the just the economics of the league and guys are not going to be getting the same kind of contracts that guys were getting before. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Brian Windhorst was talking about this when he was talking about the trade deadline and potentially Portland going after DeAndre Jordan. And one of the discussion points was, you know, do the Blazers go after DeAndre Jordan, who was going to be making $24 million, or do they try and sign Nurkic, who they could sign for less money than what Myers Leonard is making this year. And I think that's very much possible. Leonard is making around $10 million. I could see Nurk in the 8 to 9 range if they can keep him. They have Collins under a rookie contract for at least three more seasons after this year. So they could even sign him to a two-, three-year deal. and And I don't think, given the current economics... I, I think that that is going to be a deal that Nurk will have to consider. And, and if you can manage to keep Ed Davis too, or if you say they'll move on from Ed Davis and they will go Swatigan in the middle, I'm not sure, you know, what they decide to do there, but I, I do think that there's a, a scenario in which Portland could keep Nurkic and Zach Collins. And I know that Damian Lillard, a guy that should be you know considered when talking about all team matters, uh, rides for Ed Davis and, and, would like Ed Davis to come back. So I, I don't know what the Blazers do there, uh, if they're able to, to get him back, but maybe there's a way they can get him back, uh, seeing as he's affected by the cap crunch as well. And it depends, you know, what Portland is willing to give them. Are they going to spend a mid-level exception on, on a new guy? Are they going to spend it on one of their guys to keep? I don't know. But but maybe they're, they can manage to keep Nurk and Collins, especially if the, the cap comes back the way it is. I mean, I don't think they're going to get rid of Collins. So uh, you could have both of those guys. And I think you see tonight that it's a pretty good thing to have a bunch of guys that you can call on, especially in the front court. And Portland needs guys that can set screens, that can pass the ball, that can defend the rim. And Nurk passes the ball, sets screens, and defends the rim. Not the best scorer, not the best offensive option, though he had some nice plays tonight and has been dunking the ball a lot more, has been finishing a lot better. Jason Quick had some nice stuff on that today on Comcast for for Comcast. And uh, I think there's room for both. And I don't think Nurk is the guy who people thought he was going to be in terms of a franchise center, but he has utility still. And I don't think that – I don't think that – I don't think it's a a worthwhile exercise for the Blazers or for those of us talking about the Blazers to talk about Nurk in terms of what he was the last 20 games, of last season, what what we think he should be, and we can kind of look at what what he is, and what he is is a really good defender, a guy that gets rebounds, really rises to the occasion – down the stretch of games especially on the defensive end and has done that over and over and over again this season and he's a bruiser he he's a big dude and i know he's lost some weight but he still makes an impact and i think especially as collins continues to grow uh into his body i i don't think it's a bad thing i mean one kind of thing that comes to mind it's obviously not as good as dwight howard back then but is dwight howard and clint capella that those two guys were able to be on the same team together, while Capella developed into the type of guy that could be the starting center on a team, and I think you could maybe see the same type of scenario develop with Nurkic, depending on the length of the deal and the the value that he commands on the open market, which um, I you know I think it could be very beneficial to Portland given the current economics of the NBA, but that's it for my discussion on why portland can keep nurk and zach collins why i think it's something they should consider nurk uh gonna be a free agent this year but uh i think really has shown his value throughout the season and as much as anybody i know i gave dame a lot of credit but i think they missed aminu for a month they missed their best defender for a while which last season Destroyed their season and completely tanked it and this year they were able to maintain a top five defense at that time and I think Nurk deserves a lot of credit for that and uh he's just been spectacular and I think he deserves a lot of credit just like the Blazers defense so we're going to talk about the Knicks who are coming to town tomorrow in Portland right after the break so uh this is gonna be a quick one we're watching the game tomorrow with the New York Knicks Blazers Knicks at the Moda Center it's the last matchup between these two teams the Knicks are very bad uh, they do not have Kristaps Porzingis who was an all-star this season he tore his ACL which was was pretty brutal rough to see that especially for one of the up-and-coming young players in the league but no Kristaps Porzingis it's, it's a youth movement in New York and they have some good players here and there, but ultimately not going to be too scared of of most of the guys on this team. Tim Hardaway Jr., a guy to watch for. Emmanuel Mudiay, who you remember from the Denver Nuggets, got traded to New York at the deadline. And you have guys like Frank Tilakina, who you know, might be a good guy to match up against Damian Lillard on the defensive end. But you guys got, got guys like Courtney Lee, who who, who yeah, if you, you remember that Memphis series a couple of years ago, he really cooked Portland. But you know, this team is not a good team, especially without Chris Dapps, Uh without Porzingis. I mean, they're they're just a bunch of guys. So the Blazers welcome the Knicks to the Moda Center tomorrow. The Knicks are struggling. As I mentioned, they have 24 wins on the season. They don't have their best player, and they're just kind of a mess they lost to the Kings last night, uh, they really have just uh, been been awful, and they're trying Emmanuel Moutier out at point guard, Michael Beasley might be able to get some points, and, and Trey Burke, who was on their G League team, got called up, it's just, you know, it's a random assortment of guys, as the Knicks tend to be in the, over the last four, few years, and it sucks that Porzingis is hurt, Enos Kanter has had some nice games against the Blazers and can rack up some stats but uh, can be exposed on the defensive end so uh, the Blazers facing the New York Knicks tomorrow in a back-to-back definitely a winnable game but uh, playing the Knicks after having to come back the way Portland did and having to travel back to Portland tonight uh, probably going to be a little bit tougher than it would be in any other circumstance so Portland faces the New York Knicks tomorrow. They're the Knicks. Not anything really else of note other than what we talked about. No Chris Snapps. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to jack up the ball a lot. Uh, Cantor is going to get a lot of shots, and, and, and that's what it's going to be. So Portland at home against a really bad Knicks team. Another opportunity for them to take care of business, and I think one that they probably will. And if they do that, they'll have 39 wins on the season with about six weeks to go, which is, or five weeks to go, I think is what we're at right now, which is pretty wild. So um, the Blazers continue to roll third in the Western Conference. Their defense really continues and, and just has all season kept his team afloat. And then as he has done for the last five weeks, Damian Lillard, just incredible on fire, putting the team on his back and, playing MVP caliber basketball. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers. Tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and we will be back with you after the Knicks game on Tuesday night. So until next time, keep it locked here, and we'll talk to you after the Knicks game.